Welcome to the Four Fires Podcast, where we talk about winning in all four of the essential areas of life. Well, welcome to the Four Fires Podcast. My name is Alan Kemper. We are here again with my friend Justin Lambert, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Friends. 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 Man, it's such a simple topic, and yet, why does that get more complicated? Why does friend go from the guy down the street who had a football to like, oh my gosh, I can't find anybody to like hang out with or do life with. Who are my real friends? Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of guys in their stage of life right now who you look around and you go, who are your real friends? And they kind of stare at you and go, I don't know. Yep. Yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm excited to be here with my friend Justin, and we can talk about how we navigated from acquaintance to friend. I think that you have some interesting stories about some high school friends, Mm -hmm. some college friends, doing business with friends. What do you want this conversation, what do you want at the end of this conversation for us to have hit on regarding friends? The, the biggest thing to me about having friends goes back to the whole, especially guys and men having friends, is going back to the whole adage of, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. Hmm. And if you don't have those friendships or those relationships, it's hard to sharpen yourself using yourself. Hmm. And so I feel like there's this feeling in society that men have to do things on their own and you have to, you know, you need to be able to do everything on your own. And if you, if you can't do that on your own, then you're not really a man. And, I mean, I don't know, that's, that's just kind of the way I feel that society puts pressure on you as a man. You're support, supposed to support your family. You're supposed to be able to, you know, run a company on your own or, or, or you know, advance your professional career on your own or your, or your academics and things like that. And I just feel like that's just not the case. That's not the way to do it. That's not the way to be successful at doing at doing it, whether it's your health, whether it's your professional, whether it's your family, whether it's, you know, just your individuality. Um, you need other people to, to help you along the way. And if you don't have those relationships and you don't get that help, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of, you know, where we've seen society navigate towards is this, this isolationism. Yeah. I mean, every life-changing moment that I've ever had, whether it's a moment of faith or it's a moment in business, m- most often there's somebody else involved. For sure. Like there's another human present during these life-changing moments rarely are there pivotal moments that you had these aha epiphany moments by yourself yeah so you know life is about relationships life is about friendships but one of the things you're hitting on is that part of the value of real friends is that they will push on you that there will be a sharpening between one and the other and one of the things that that requires is that there's a willingness for friction. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the places that I, I want to explore this idea of friendship because I think the signal that we get most of the time is it's hard to press on your friends. Right. It's hard to call a close friend out. At least for me personally, I live my life as an executive coach. And I, if, if, somebody, if I have a client and they're doing something dumb... I have no problem it's easy. leaning across the table and going, I think you just screwed that up. Yeah. You know, like, what the heck were you just thinking? Mm-hmm. Because um, they're paying me to be in that role for them. Right. You know, the hardest people I have in my life to say that to are my closest friends. And I don't know why that is. And maybe I need to, like, evaluate, like, am I really being a good friend to these people? Right. 
man, I, I notice a lot that I am hesitant to be as authentic with my lifelong friends as I am when I'm in that executive coaching space. Yep. I don't know, is that, is that, is that just me or is that true for you as no, well? No, it's, it's true. For, it's true for me as well. Um, one of the things that I remember when you and I were working together a little bit on some, on some coaching, when you were helping me, I asked you, or I wanted to be held accountable for something. Mm. And you basically said, so are you giving me permission mm-hmm. to call you out on it? Mm-hmm. And you know, it was weird to think about it like that, but yes, I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the same thing sort of needs to happen in some of your friendships where it's always easy to like look at your buddy and be like you need to fix these things but you haven't asked your buddy to help you fix your things and I think the first step in like developing that relationship is for you to be the person that goes to them and Mm -hmm. says hey I need help with this and I need you to tell me when I'm being an idiot or when I'm not doing what I said I wanted to do. Yeah. Versus you trying to go help, you know, everybody wants to go help fi- fix somebody else and not yeah. fix themselves. The speck of sawdust in That's your right. eye. And That's right. I got to pay attention to the plank in my own. Exactly. So, yeah, I think, I mean, you're not alone in that feeling of it's, it's easy to, you know, to do that to someone that you don't have that great of a relationship with versus the people that you do have the closest relationships with. You tend to, to steer away from from rocking the boat, if you mm-hmm. will, by, by, you know, getting uncomfortable about what you're getting ready to say to them. Yeah. But the only reason I feel like it's uncomfortable is because you hadn't talked about it yet. Yeah. You know, you hadn't basically said, you know, asked them to help, help you. You're ready to yeah. just go help them. One of the things we say is coaching in the absence of commitment quickly becomes nagging. I love that. That's and one of my favorite ones. Yeah. And it's not fun to nag people. So and it's not fun to, to be around people that are nagging you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't do nagging. Yeah. Um, so, I, nor do I hang out with people who are nagging me. That's so, right. Like, don't call me at five in the morning and ask me if I've done A, B, and C. Right. Yeah, exactly. If I didn't say I was going to do A, B, and C. Exactly. So you're saying, hey, maybe it starts with me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to be the one who asks them for. Yeah, when it, when it comes to the friendship stuff for me, I have found the most success in myself being the initiator. Whether that's you wanting to hang out with people. I mean, a lot of guys watch other guys go on a trip with some buddies or something like, man, I wish, you know, I wish they'd invite me to go on that, you know, or whatever. But we're all in the same situation of we wish people would ask us to go do those things with them. And there's no one that's doing the asking. And I learned from a very cool experience of my own by doing the asking. It, It has shown me that the quickest way to open the door is for you to be the initiator. Hmm. That, that's, to me, that's, that's the groundbreaking you know, piece of advice that I would give people that are looking for those friendships is to just be the initiator. When I was in college, I can remember um, wanting to go out and do things. And one of the things I, I would recommend to everyone is, especially if you're like new to a neighborhood or new to a community or new to a school or anything like that, and people ask you to go do stuff with them, I think you should always say yes. No matter, I mean, it may, it may not work out for you this time, or you may not, you know, have time to go do that today. Like, make time for that because after they ask you two or three times and you say no, those first two or three times, they're not going to ask you again. That's right. And you're going to miss out on, on, on what could, you know, be a, a really good relationship with a bunch of people. And so I recommend if anyone asks you, try to do your best to say yes the first two or three times for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, to, develop those acquaintances and get to know those guys. All right, so be the initiator. This okay. is critical because I think we jumped into this idea of how do we be a deep friend. Right. 
But in order, before you can be a deep friend, you actually just have to have some some like, friends, some, some friends, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think you know we talk about in the four fires that there is a natural progression of each of the fires that you know in our twenties are we're we're probably at our peak in our mid twenties naturally with our physical fire, and then as we move towards our eighties. There's a natural decline yep, that's exactly. going to happen, and, the, and, and your job in that fire is to try to keep the nose of the plane up. That's right. In your professional fire, even if you're not trying real hard, there's a natural progression that will go up and to the right. Like, mm-hmm. as you get older, yep. you'll take on more responsibility, you'll get paid more, and whether that is a hockey stick up and to the right or whether that's a slow growth. Gradual growth. Yep. Gradual growth. But our friends fire, that portion of our people fire – Usually we finish college with probably as many friends as most of us are likely to have. Right. We have gotten to do life with people. We've been through significant experiences with people. Uh, in our early 20s, whether you went to the military or you went, you know, you know, you had your early job and you had a lot of free time, a lot of times we find ourselves in our early 20s with at least a lot of acquaintances. Mm-hmm. And then there's the decline. You know, I know a ton of people who are in their 40s, and you ask them who their friends are, and they'll name off a couple of people. Right. <laughs> and then you go, so when was the last time you hung out with them? Right. And they can't name a time when they actually just hung out one-on-one. So this idea of being the initiator, life happens, it's, it's, it goes along with this living intentionally. What are some examples of things that you have done to initiate friendships in your 30s mm-hmm. when maybe you looked around and, and kind of recognized, like, maybe my friend's fire is not burning the way that I'd want it to be. What actions did you take? Yeah, so so for me, I'm, I'm sort of like, you know, the people that you're talking about, sort of in high school and in college, like I had a, a large group of friends that, you know, that, that we had. And I feel like that's where you get the, the, the cliche of like this guy peaked in high school when he was on the football team or whatever, he started the football team. Well, it's because he was around this brotherhood of men and all of a sudden everybody went their own separate ways in the next stage of life. And now he's not around those people anymore and he's got to rebuild, you know, those friendships or, or, or those people. And they're they're still looking back to those golden years of this is when I had, you know, a bunch of friends were having a good time and and so for me I mean I had sort of the same experience and then when I started building my company, I put all friendships and everything aside and I was just you know sixteen twenty hour days focused on, you know, growing my company and I mean that, that includes relationships with with my wife with my friends with parents and, and same thing with my physical fire you know I put all that on on the side well I started to sort of miss that I I was trying to fill that void basically and I had a a buddy of mine that was one of my best friends roommate in college he and I kept in touch he would have been one that I was like if you you know I got two friends right now Mm. it's this guy and another guy and he was one of them and he was telling me about uh, some of his NBA buddies they they put together their own version of the Ryder Cup for golf Mm. They rented two houses near a golf course and invited, I think it was like 12 guys or something, and they stayed, they divided into two teams, six in this house and six in that house, and we're going to play golf exactly like the way the Ryder Cup is set up, and you're going to be Europe and you're going to be United States. And I just thought that was such a cool idea. I mean, they loved it. They, they you know, they talk trash to each other the whole time, and yeah. everybody's competitive. And I was like, man, that sounds like a, such a good idea. Well, 
it brought me back to when I was in high school um, on the football team on Saturdays after we played on Friday night. Our coach wanted us to like not get into stuff and, 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 and sort of rest and, and stay off our feet and stuff like that. So he used to let everybody come to his house and play video games, watch football, watch college football and play video games. Well, we got to where we used to play Halo all the time. And that was back in the day where you would get, you know, four TVs in a room and you could hook them all up and play 16 people, eight on eight kind of thing. And I mean, we had some hilarious times doing that and just had a lot of fun and we all missed it. And so, or at least I thought we all missed it. And so after hearing my buddy tell the story about the Ryder Cup, I was like, you know what? I want to do the same thing. And I want to see if these guys want to come back and play golf in the day and play Halo at night. Yeah. And let's just see, you know. So I listed about 16 guys that used to come over and, and do that. And we varied from ages. You know, we were there's probably a 10-year gap in age among all of us, just yeah. the, the, the spectrum there. And so I emailed all 16 of them and basically said, look, we're going to create this date and we're going to do it. We're going to call it the weekend. We're going to create this event. It's called the weekend. And we're going to divide up into eight on eight. We're going to play. It, we didn't do like Europe versus USA. We used to live on two streets in my small town that I grew up on, and it was Long Boulevard versus James Street. We always argued over which street had more talent and athletic <laughs> ability, which street was going to be smarter, which street was going to make more money, you know. So it was always this rivalry. So we just created, um, we called it the weekend, and it was going to be Long Boulevard versus James Street. And so anyway, I just decided to send an email to these guys. I, I haven't talked to some of them in like 10 years. Yeah. Uh, this is when I was probably 28, 30 somewhere in that neighborhood, 32 maybe. Um, so, it, I mean, we'd been out of high school for, what is that, 14, 15 yeah. years. And uh, anyway, I sent, the, I got all their emails and sent it to them, and the response was outstanding. The, the guys is like, you know, I, I've missed this, you know, I've mm -hmm. been waiting on something like this. And so we had our first event, and all 16 guys showed up. Wow. And, I mean, we had some of the best times that I can remember. And, of course, we reminisced on, you know, on some of the old days and stuff like that. And, and new guys that didn't know each other, we, you know, we brought some buddies from college and things like that and introduced them some new friendships. And it was just an incredible time. And while we were there, we kind of wanted to keep up with each other. So we created a – at the time, we used – I think it was WhatsApp. Yeah. And created just a big group. Um, now we're on GroupMe, I think. But that was six years ago. And we have done an event – every year now um, we've actually made it where it's two events we do it twice a year now it's sort of a fall and a spring deal and anyway we, we we have a group chat that talks literally every day I mean you may not contribute every day but I mean there's a conversation going on every single day and it has just turned into one of the most like amazing things for my life because I feel like that part hasn't gone away it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of rekindled it and, and some things that I've learned from that is those guys, it's sort of a distant relationship right now. Mm -hmm. I've, I've actually done the same thing locally yeah. in Auburn where there was a group of guys. Well, it goes back to some of the guys you were coaching, actually, and you were talking to them about some of the struggles they were having, and they felt like they didn't have the friendships that they wanted to. And when you start asking all these guys, they pretty much have the exact same you know, answer. They want and and they they want to seek those friendships and they want those friendships, but um, they're just not doing anything honestly 
to to create them. Mm-hmm. You're sort of waiting on someone to ask you to go on the trip or to go to dinner or to go to lunch or to play poker, you know, one afternoon or go watch a football game or so. You're just waiting on someone to ask you, and you would be amazed at how many people would do it with you if you just asked them. Yeah. And, and be the initiator. And then, it you know, it sort of gives them the freedom to then turn around and be the initiator with you on some things. Um, and so it's, I mean, being the initiator, we, I think that's where the sort of conversation started. Uh, being the initiator has has just totally, totally changed that part of the people fire for me. And my guys are so appreciative, the fact that we did that. We talk about that now. It's like if we had never, sent, if you'd never sent that email, mm-hmm. we would not be here now and not doing this. And so they, they, constantly you know thank me for for sending that email but at the same time too like i had just gotten fed up with not being able to to have those relationships that i know i used to have and i guarantee you we always talk about this i guarantee you you can think of someone off the top of your head right now that you wish you still had that friendship with that relationship with and literally all you have to do is pull out your phone text the guy right now like what are you doing with yourself you know, like it's been a while since we talked. You know, I hope things are going well for you in life. You know, if there's ever a chance we can catch up, would love to catch up with you. Done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it's that simple. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it is. It's that it's that being intentional. Like we know that we, if we'll pause long enough to think about it, mm-hmm. our life would be richer if we had these relationships. Oh, for sure. And then we kind of moan and beguile the fact that, uh, well, I, but I don't have them. Yeah. Open your phone. That's you right. know, it That's starts right. with, hey, buddy, I was thinking about you today. Let's get on the phone. And you know what I want to do? I want to sit around a campfire with you. Yeah. What what date can we make that happen? Exactly. But the, the interesting thing, so you started the weekend mm-hmm. six years ago, and that kind of, everybody appreciated it. It was fun. But then that, and then that turned into kind of two weekends. Yep. And then you took that and sent out of that group, sent them. That was one of the first four fires, fire circles. Yes, we, before small we group. even had the mm-hmm. name for it. Yep. You basically took the four fires That's, and yeah. mm-hmm. introduced it to a subgroup of that uh, of that friend group. Yep. And you've seen some, watched some guys make some pretty miraculous life change. So I, I remember, I think you and I were talking about reading, I want to say it was Becoming a King. Mm-hmm. And you told me that we needed to go back and read Wild at Heart before reading Becoming a King again. I had read Wild at Heart probably 15 years ago. So I sent my guys group a text and said, hey, I'm going to read Wild at Heart again. Does anybody else want to read this with me that you've never read it before? Or would you like to just, you know, like almost like a book club. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's just meet Sundays at eight o'clock and we're going to read a couple of chapters and just talk about it and hold each other accountable to read it. And five of the guys responded that they would do it. Uh, I asked 16 and there was five guys that said they would do it, including me. And so we started, you know, doing that. And next thing you know is um, we started implementing the four fire stuff. And that, that part was just really life changing. That's the, honestly, that group is the reason that I lost the weight that I lost. Mm -hmm. And during some of those discussions, we read, we read several books, you know, and then, we started reading so many books that we were like, we're not applying this. And, you know, we feel like we're just gaining a bunch of knowledge and 
not putting, not implementing what we've learned. So let's take a break from reading and let's try to put ourselves in a position to actually take some actions. And I feel like some of that is where some of the ruck stuff was born. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was, I don't know. It was, it was really cool to see how all of that has just filtered from. And if you, when you backtrack, it's all back from that original email. Yep, you sent an email. I sent an email <laughs> exactly. And then the the whole small group thing started with a simple text message. Yep. it's amazing at, at what those little bitty pieces can do and how big of an effect they can have on your life. Yeah. My definition of a leader, a leader is a person who is constantly asking themselves the question, what's best for my team, and then takes action on the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of like, can you look out on the world and go, who's on my, who is my team? You know, who are, right. my, who are my people? And what do we really need right, right now? What we need to do is we need to get together. Like yep. somebody needs to take action on us getting together and the leader is going to be the person who recognizes the need and then just doesn't go oh well but actually sends the email right and so i think you're right i think every friend group needs a leader i've got a group called Clapham. okay yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. kind of like it, it, it's born out of this group of guys that i did college ministry with we all went to the same campus ministry in college and we all connected and had some life-changing experiences there and similarly probably five years out of college I think we started noticing hey we're we're kind of drifting apart a lot of us were in each other's weddings and we weren't seeing each other very often and so it's interesting the guy who basically his name's Jeremy who said hey, we need to make this happen, and has been kind of the person that keeps it happening for us. He's just the one who will consistently ask, hey, when are we getting together? What's our date? He's the one that makes it happen for us, and we're all better for it. And we've been doing that for 10 or 11 years now. Wow. And it is a neat time for us. Man, so the way we divide that time up, uh, we do like a three-day weekend, and there's eight of us. And everybody, like, I'll, they'll say, all right, Alan, talk for an hour. Talk. It's, here's your time to tell us about how the year went. And then I just talk, and I'll talk for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And then they, then they ask questions of me oh, wow. that are probing questions cool. about spirituality, about marriage, about how I'm raising my kids, about, you know, like when my dad passed away, like that was the time when they got to dig in and ask me how I was really doing and. I mean, it's rare that you have an opportunity to talk, have a monologue about your life and that there's seven other guys just sitting and listening to you. Wow. And then, they, and then they're going to ask you questions that are hard and for your betterment. I love that. Yeah. And, um, and that has been, we keep it pretty simple. We usually have an activity that we connect it to in the, in the day, one of our guys parents has a beach house or we'll go there or we'll rent a log cabin somewhere but it's not it's it's never super extravagant it's just we're gonna go and a little bit of friction like we're gonna poke on each other and ask each other hard questions and it started with one guy sending an email exactly when are we gonna make this happen yep so yeah i really i think that there's something there's something to be said for If you look at your life right now and you feel like I'm relationship poor, like I I don't have the friendships that I'd like to have, Mm -hmm. send an email. Yeah. 
Well, that's I mean when you were when you were coaching me a little bit, and you you always asked that question about guys carrying your your casket, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that one's that one will like send you for a loop to me. It's mm-hmm. like that makes you think really long and hard about the friendships that you have, and you know there, there's six handles on your casket, and there's going to be six men that carry your casket. If something happened to you, could your closest family member or your wife, or whatever, could they would they know mm-hmm. who these guys, who these men were? that we're going to be there to carry your casket. Yeah. And, you know, that that one makes you think long and hard about where your people fire is from a from a peer peer standpoint, from yeah. a relationship with other men. You know, I think too one of the things that I've noticed is when I tell people that story sometimes, they their response is well, they didn't have that same experience in their childhood of all getting together and that many 16 guys playing backyard football together or mm-hmm. you know they're but to to me that goes back that's one of those excuse things um where you have that mentality and, and it goes back to oh well okay well are you currently living intentionally and how could you develop those relationships now i mean there's all kinds of things you can do from church communities to young professional organizations that you can join i mean just putting yourself in a position to meet other men like-minded men are you doing that, you know? Because, like, you may not have – you may say, well, I don't have anybody that I could email or I don't have anybody that I could, you know, text. Well, yeah. there are men in your community that are probably a lot like you that are looking for the same thing that you're looking for, but you're not putting in your, yourself in a position to actually go be around and meet those people. And I just think that if you're going to be intentional, then you need to take action intentionally and put yourself in those environments where you – have a good chance of meeting those people sports games you know churches professional organizations several things like that yeah I remember it was funny when I first got to grad school I came home from college or came from home from class the first couple days and my wife asked me so what do you think are there any any cool guys in the in the program that you think that you'll be friends with and I immediately said eh I mean there's nobody there like Chris and Jeremy who were like my lifelong high school friends right and she goes, oh, so you mean you didn't meet anybody in the first day that you went to elementary school with and <laughs> and shared, you know, high yeah. school stories with? So so they didn't add up to all of that in their first day? <laughs> and I was like, okay, you're yeah. thanks, Allison. I appreciate it. But, like, yeah. she was calling me out because I was comparing what was on day one yep. to a memory of something that was good. But they weren't comparable. Like right. it wasn't. It was something you developed over fifteen years. That's right. And here we are. So we met in two thousand and six, seven, seven. So, and here we are in twenty twenty three. Wow. And there's a lot of water under that bridge, and and so you only get that by starting ten years from now. You can have a lifelong friend. Right. Well, and the funny thing is, too, about what you just said about you and I, like there was a time where it was like five or six, seven years where we never even yeah, after, talked. Yeah, after class, after cl- school. Yeah, after, after, gra- after we got out of school and while I was growing my company and things like that, and you were teaching at Point. I mm-hmm. mean, like we didn't have a lot of conversation, and then it took you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you reached out to me on yep. like LinkedIn or something and yep. wanted to do a project or see if we could do a project for your class. or, mm-hmm. And then you and I fired it right back up after that. So, yeah. I mean, 
our relationship is because you sent an email. So. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so it's all about the ask. Friendship yep. is about the ask. I agree um, completely. And, but, and, yeah, and you, you want the friendship because you want to be asked. Mm. You know, like you want, you, want, you want to do that. You want to have some, some, some people to do some things with, and you want people to want to be around you, and it takes the inverse. Yeah. Okay, so, so we got the initial piece. There's mm-hmm. the ask. Now, here's the other piece that I hear, and, and it's a legitimate challenge. This is the same challenge that people face with the gym, but I don't have time for friendships because my kids need me mm-hmm. or my wife needs me or my job needs me. When would I have time for a real friendship? What do you say in that space? Like, Because friendship, legitimate friendships take time. For sure. Anytime people say anything like that to me, I always go back to you make time for what you want to make time for. Mm-hmm. And that's just true in life. I mean, if you say you don't have time, then I will totally come audit your day with you. <laughs> you don't want Justin to audit. <laughs> yeah, I will come, totally come audit your day with you to see where we could free up some time for you to, to make a friend. You know, so that's, I, I have a hard time with the, I don't have time to do it. Yeah. Um, it's more about, to me, that's usually a precursor to I'm uncomfortable making an ask. Yeah. Well, and, and sometimes I think, especially with guys, I, I, see, I hear this one on the gym a lot, and I hear it with the friends. I can't take 30 minutes away from my kids every day to go to the gym. Yep. Like tonight. Tonight I am driving two hours to go sit around a campfire with one guy. We'll sit around. We'll have two beers. We'll talk for two hours, and then I'm going to turn around and drive two hours. And I'm going to miss dinner tonight, and I'm going to miss family time tonight. But what I have to believe is that the best gift that I can give my kids is a four-dimensional man. Mm-hmm. Like That's good. I, the, they, my kids will become the man that I am. And if I want my children, if I want my son to to know that real lifelong friendships matter matter he you know that is going to be caught not taught he has to be able to look at what does a 45 year old man look like and be able to go well he makes time for his friends right my kids know i have clapham weekend my my dudes weekend yeah and they go well what do you do and i tell them we get together and we we press on each other, and we make each other. We ask each other hard questions, and we block out a weekend for that. Right. So now that's normal for my kids to think, oh, this is a part of what being a grown-up is about. Yeah, so it's funny sometimes when um, we're at the house or my phone dings and I'm reading something one of the guys said in the group, and I'm laughing. I'll just be looking at my phone, and I'll read, and, and read what they wrote, and we'd be laughing about it. And my daughters now will look at me and say, Dad, what is it, your buddies? Mm-hmm. And I say, it sure is my buddies. And so when they make friends at school, I talk to them about those are the friends that I'm talking to on my phone right now, 35 years later, so that the friends that they're making at school, one day that might be your buddies yeah. that you're talking to. And it, so it, it, it encourages them to sort of build those same relationships. Even from an early age, they see that that can be something that lasts for a very, very long time mm-hmm. and how important it can be. So there's the initiation of the friendships. There's the valuing the friendship enough to be willing to make sacrifices in these other areas. It really is, what is it you're willing to fight for? For sure. Like, And, there, and you can't just go hang out with your friends. you got other commitments. Yep. But at the end of the day, especially for men, we need to be amongst a tribe 
of people. We need to be a part of a group of guys. Bad things happen to guys when we get all by, by ourselves. For sure. I mean, too many, I know too many stories of good people who have just gotten off in a corner by themselves and we are susceptible to all kinds of sin and stuff that can mess with us from a spiritual perspective, from a fam- people who mess up with your marriage. You can you can just get in a weird place if you get off by yourself for too long. Agreed. I think the friend fire might be the most underrated portion of the four fires for contributing to happiness in all of the other areas. I agree completely. I've seen people's physical fires change, like what you said. Mm-hmm. The reason that you dropped a bunch of weight was being a part of a men's group. Being a part of a men's group. The reason that I've experienced a whole lot of spiritual growth is because I've got great friends. My marriage is better because at this Clapham group, these guys ask me on the regular, how's your relationship with Allison? Mm-hmm. And what are you doing um, I'll never. I mean, I got two or three questions that those guys have asked me that have radically shaped my marriage and my relationship. Wow. So that's my that's my statement. I think I think it, the friends fire might be the easiest to discount. Oh, you know, I don't really need. I don't, that's right. I, I'm, I'm doing good. I got I'm my wife. Out. I got my family. I got my job. Yeah, Everything's going well. I yeah. don't need. I don't have to have that. I can do fine just without. I For can sure. Do just fine without. Easiest it. to discount, and maybe the sleeper most influential. You know, to me, to super, me, it's the to together. me, it's the fire that helps you hold you accountable. Mm. You know, and that's like that's what a lot of people are looking for. A lot of times, in, in, in especially if you want to improve, is you need some accountability. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine my wife being my accountability partner nope. when it comes to some of those things. Nope. Like I would be furious with her yeah. if she was tra- calling me out for certain. Well, <laughs> for and, certain and, and things. here's here's the problem. And, I, and I've I've talked to I've coached guys in that space. Oh, well, my wife will be my accountability partner. It doesn't work because uh, your wife, that puts her in mothering mode. Right. That means that she now has to control you and try to... Like mold you almost. Mold you. And, and, and that's wonderful for a wife to do for her children. But it is not healthy for a husband and a wife to be in a relationship where one is having to like hold the other one accountable. You're supposed to be your own, but men can hold each other accountable yep. for things and and it's healthy. Um, I can be accountable to other men in a way that is healthy and good for me, whereas if I ask my wife to do those same things for me, it create it will create tension in my marriage. For sure. Yeah, I think I think there's one a couple of things. One is I watch a lot of guys keep very surface level relationships. Yep. And I wide think, and shallow. Yeah, or or just shallow, narrow and shallow. Narrow and shallow. Like, yeah. Um, you know, you talk about football, you talk about work, but you don't ever really get yep. uh, much deeper, deeper than that. And so sometimes I think naming a specific time that hey. You know, we know Clapham weekend. Somebody's going to ask. We're going to get asked deep questions. Right. Or I'll do a group. Uh, I've got a, another group that I meet with. We call it Two Beer Church. And we get together about every other week, every third week. It's kind of we have an instigator uh, that, that calls the meet. And we'll get together and sit around a campfire. But the intent is 
somebody has been knighted for every every evening. Oh, cool. Uh, you're going to bring the question. Oh. So, so you know, you get five or six people around a campfire. Uh, nobody's allowed to ask a uh, serious question until everybody's had two beers. Okay. Thus, and, two beer thus church. Thus, the two beer church. Got it. And uh, then somebody's going to bring the question. And the question is usually designed to it has spiritual implications uh if there's current event stuff happening somebody will ask those kind of questions but it's real and so uh you can do that you can do that in a fire circle but the intent is you need to have a space where where there's intentional depth right because we're pretty good at staying shallow for sure it's easy to go to the football game and complain about the coach and talk about the team and, mm-hmm. and then that's about the extent of your yeah, conversation how did that guys. change your life yeah exactly you know, like, exactly so i think there's i think there's a, a piece there sometimes having hot like being intentional about opening yourself up for hey i will i i submit myself to you mm-hmm. meaning like i will hold my if you see something in my life where i am wrecking my life i give you permission to call me out on that. right well, and that's what I go back to the honesty thing. I mean, I think the the word I was looking for that you made me just think of was that we use a lot is authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's what you know. You're looking for people that are authentic, that are who they are. And you know, those people may not be for you, but as long as they who they are, and then you know, you you can make that determination for yourself. Mm-hmm. But I think authenticity is a really good one. And then I think there has to be a, a measure of consistency. Like oh, there's yeah. there's something about being with people. I mean, and this this isn't always possible, but there's something about being with a group of people who have known you for a long, long time mm-hmm. and they knew you back when, and they can see the threads of your life. And one of the things that I, that I think is really important is in order to have, to have those group of guys when we're in our seventies and you think about the, the guys who sit around playing checkers with each other or whatever, uh, whatever. We, my like, group has had that conversation. Yeah. Like that's that a life dream for us is yeah. to be like 70 years old and retirement home together. Yeah. I can't imagine how much fun we would have. Oh, those poor nurses. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. The, but to have those lifelong friends, I think we have to fight for them in our 30s and 40s. For sure. Because that's the season that there's a lot of pull away from the I mean everybody's busy that's right you know jobs kids wives whatever it is we're in our we're in the middle of all of our other fires yep and we're having to like put energy and logs into those and this is the one that it's easiest not to put that one in your physical fire I think are the two that are easiest to not put logs on Mm -hmm. you can go to lunch with a buddy and next thing you know you get in a conversation about how to make your marriage better Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you can you know talk to your buddy let's you know let's go mine right now we talk about that time thing where we uh we've decided we play pickleball Mm -hmm. but we wait till eight o'clock at night when we've already done our dad duties yeah and we can all be there we don't we're not taking away from time from the kids but from eight to nine o'clock we're gonna go at each other Mm -hmm. on the pickleball court and it's it's amazing at the conversations that come up before, after, and during, you know, an activity like that that leaves us standing in the parking lot for another hour talking about something, some other issue that's gone on in our life. But I do, I think it's like that secret weapon to facilitate the, the, the growth in the other areas. Yeah. So, and this is similar for our spouses, right? Like, I want my wife to have strong same-sex friends. Mm-hmm. I think her relationships with her, her friends – 
make my marriage better. For sure. It's, it's, and it's been funny to watch our wives get jealous of mm-hmm. the relationships that we that all the guys have mm-hmm. and, and, and how we get together and we make you know time we go to lunch with each other or we do the pickleball thing and yep. they get so jealous when we go on the weekend and so like now my wife she has her own yep. the weekend kind of deal and but it's it's good to watch her yeah. you know go have those relationships with those other women and they're talking about us just like we're going to talk about them. That's right. You know, but at the same time too, there's people there to hold her accountable for being a better wife or being a better mother or, um, whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever they're, whatever they're, whatever they're through. Exactly. Whatever they're working through, there's, there's some people there to bounce stuff off of that are either have gone through the same thing or that have their ducks in a row in that particular area. Um, or are also, you know, struggling struggling with it so and sometimes that's comforting to know that you're not the only one you're not Mm -hmm. you know lacking compared to everybody else i think as we think about our lives a defining feature of overall health is the health of our is the health of our relation relationships Mm -hmm. you know sales covers a multitude of sins yep sales covers all baby on 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 the business side that's right you know like there's a little bit of like you know if you've got good friends that's right if you've got real, authentic friends, man, you can get through a lot. I agree. Um, it's hard to fall way off the wagon. Yes. When you have that's good exactly friends. That's exactly right. It, real friends will only let you fall so far. That's right. You can um, fall off the wagon with real friends, but you yeah. can't fall way off they're the wagon. They're not going to leave you. They're not going to leave you They're going to tell the wagon to <laughs> yeah. stop. Yeah, that's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't pick him up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you know what's interesting about this conversation, I, and I love talking about these things, I learn from them. As, as we're having these conversations, I'm writing names down of people that... Just send them a text. I just need to send that guy send a text. Yeah. So if you just got a text from me uh, a week before, <laughs> now that you're hearing this podcast, then you know you were on my head. Um, it's an important piece and oftentimes overlooked. And wherever you are right now, if you think, man, I've got five real friends, call those five and then call two other guys that, yep. you know, doesn't hurt to have seven. Yep. Well, that's what we do, too. We, we talk about in our group, who do we want to add? Mm-hmm. Is there anybody out there you guys think about that we should add to the group that could use this kind of thing? You know, and yeah. Smaller groups spin off of that. Yep. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird how all, that, mm-hmm. how all that works. But if you have no friends, then you, you need to be intentional. You need to be intentional. <laughs> Put um, yourself in that position. Yeah. Get, get, you know, find a church. Yep. And go tell the pastor, I'm in the area. I want to be a part of the church. And you know what? To be real honest... I could really use some friends. Yep. Like, just say it, and they say, and say, who could you connect me with yep. that you think I would match up Lose with? your ego. Lose your ego for sure. Yep. Call somebody up and say, hey, you know what? I just looked around at my life and realized I don't know that I have a really great friend. And I'd love it if we could get together once a month and just go grab a beer and and just chat about life. Yep. People are looking for invitations. I would say that 99% of the time that you do that, the guy on the other end of that call is hoping someone would ask him the same thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I really you know, feel, feel that way, that, that men are seeking that. Mm-hmm. And it's just taking us, it's going to take one person to be the initiator. Yep. Justin, I, we covered a lot of ground there. We Everything did. from how to initiate friendships, how to fight for them, uh, why they're, you know, how do we have them authentic friendships, why, why it's a worthy sacrifice um, to make of our time, our logs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I really appreciate uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate our friendship that has evolved over time. Yeah, if you're out there in the Four Fires Nation, if you are in the tribe, if you're not part of the tribe, uh, join the tribe. It is a great place to interact digitally, but also uh, within the tribe, one of the things that we are trying to create is local area um, fire circles. And this is groups of guys who get together and the common bond is we're all trying to live four-dimensionally. So if, if you want to be a part of a group of people who are on that journey with you, uh, jump, into the, uh, jump into the tribe, join a fire circle, find a local area director. If there's no local area director where you are, be the initiator and be like contact us and say, hey, I want to be the local area director and start building community for men who are on this four-dimensional journey. And that, you want to talk about what is a commonality with a group of men, more than the same college that you cheer for or a football team, a basketball team. What if your commonality was we're on this four-dimensional journey together? So maybe that's the source of uh, some of your next-generation friends. Justin, thank you for being here. Thank you, Four Fires Nation, for being out there. And we will see you next time. Thanks for having me.